senior executives and indeed all the children of God uh, who are listening to me today. Um, first and foremost, let me apologize uh, for my inability uh, to be with you physically today. Uh, I was really, really looking forward to it, uh, but uh, circumstances have prevented me uh, from being with you in person. Uh, this is the second time I am having the privilege of engaging with uh, the Men's Fellowship of the uh, Foursquare Four Gospel Church, VGC. I think it was about two years ago uh, when I had the opportunity to share some of my thoughts with you. Uh, very quickly today, I will dive into my presentation. And once again, let me apologize to Tunde. Uh, who I have uh, usurped his position. Tunde, please bear with me. Uh, I have a few things to do before I dash for the airport uh, later today, so I do apologize for taking uh, your slot. Um, I've been asked to speak today about a subject matter uh, that is very close, very dear to my heart. Um, I have for uh, I would say going on 15, maybe even 20 years, uh, been particularly focused on the SME space in Nigeria. Uh, 13 of those 15 years, I have been in the classroom. Um, and um, by extension, uh, Madam President or First Lady, uh, somebody called her Lolo, uh, First Lady was uh, also uh, somebody I met in my journeys uh, within uh, the SME space. So capacity building that is focused and targeted on the SMEs is critical uh, for the transformation of this our economy. From my presentation, you will see a few things, a few statistics uh, that show the criticality of the small and medium scale uh, enterprises in Nigeria. So I'll try to share uh, some of my thoughts and my ideas with you. So this is my table of content, and I will try to go through this as quickly as possible. Uh, maybe the host or somebody can send me a chat just to let me know how much time I have so that I can stick to time. Um, so this is the table of content. I will run through it uh, as quickly as I can. Um, the world is a global village. Uh, we are all interconnected with each other. Uh, gone are those days when we felt that Nigeria was far removed uh, from developments that happen all over the world. Uh, but the reality of our current situation now is that we are more, as a global economy, we are more connected now than ever before, uh, which is why a battle between Russia and Ukraine has impact on Nigeria and indeed the rest of the world. You know, so these are the, some of the challenges. Um, let me put on a wider screen. Okay. All right. I think that is clearer. Okay. So um, I will look at some of the global events. Then I will bring it down home, particularly in the macroeconomic space. I will share a few insights into this our space. Uh, I will talk a little bit about taxation. Um, then I will talk about some of the risk factors and challenges that SMEs face. But my final slide will also share some of my thoughts around what the opportunities are and how uh, Nigerian SMEs uh, can uh, take advantage of this. And I am glad that I am speaking to uh, believers um, because we have a God-given position. Unfortunately, uh, we have been walking barefoot uh, whilst those who do not know our God are riding on horses. That is indeed an aberration. Uh, we are meant to be the salt of the earth. Uh, we are meant to transform wherever we are. And uh, the, the, the hidden riches of secret places my own Bible says it belongs to us. The treasures of darkness belongs to us. So why will somebody 
who is a child of God be struggling uh, financially. And I'm hoping that inside of this, thank you very much. I say I have 40 minutes. Uh, I'll try and leave some time so we can take some questions and answers. Um, um, so let me just set my stopwatch so that I am not exceeding. So I will speak for 30 minutes, then I'll take questions and answers for the, for the, the remaining 10 minutes. All right, so let us, um, let us carry on. Um, so this slide uh, speaks to the global space, uh, the leading economies in the world, and what is happening within those jurisdictions. Like I mentioned earlier, everything that happens in the far-flung areas of the world have a direct impact on us. And the reason is not far-fetched. More than 90% of our foreign exchange earnings as a country come from the sale of one commodity. Ladies and gentlemen, we do not control the price of that commodity, unfortunately for us. Neither do we even control the quantity that we produce because some bad boys and bad girls pretty much determine uh, what our level of production is. Oil prices are in excess of $90 today, and yet Nigeria is struggling to meet our OPEC quota. I think our numbers have even ramped up a little bit now. We're probably at about 1.3, 1.4 million barrels, but our quota is 1.7. So we are losing out on 300,000 barrels of oil times $90 per day. That is our revenue loss in a situation where we are desperately seeking uh, foreign exchange. So a lot needs to be done. So you see why we are connected. We import the most, uh, most of the critical uh, input into our manufacturing process, the machinery, the plant, sometimes even the raw materials, in spite of the fact that God has blessed this country like no other. I do not know any other country that has the natural resource base that God has given to us in Nigeria. So why are we walking barefoot when we should be riding on horses? It is a bit of a, a mystery. Anyway, so the rest of the world seems to be doing well. We have emerged from a global crisis uh, yet again, you know, and I'll speak to this hopefully in the course of my presentation. There are economic cycles. You know, when Mr. President was giving his opening remarks, he spoke about Joseph in the Bible. There is nothing that is happening to us now that is not found or have its foundation inside of the word of God. Joseph and the land of Egypt, we were told about seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. If you look at a lot of economic cycles, the boom and the busts, it usually comes around that seven year time frame. 2008, the entire world, all of these countries you see listed here, they were, we were struggling with a global recession. Fast forward another seven years, 2015, we went through another one. Fast forward another seven years, 2022-23, we are grappling with all manner of economic challenges. So it means that there is a time and a season. Again, it has its roots and its foundation in the Bible. So it is down to us to be wise. Whenever there is a depression, it is an opportunity for children of God to reposition themselves. And we are in a situation now where the cost of living crisis, not just in Nigeria, globally, everybody is struggling. Inflation is high. Uh, there is agitation for higher wages. Uh, people are struggling to meet their basic bills. So this is something you will see across the globe. 
but gradually there is a bit of a turnaround. Inflation has been trending downwards in the Europe, in North America, in Asia. Unfortunately, in Nigeria, inflation is going in the opposite direction. Those countries attacked inflation frontally because inflation wipes away the value of the currency you have in your pocket or in your bank account. Look at the number now, as at August, inflation is approximately 26%, ladies and gentlemen, 26%. How many of us who are entrepreneurs, how many of us generate 26% returns from our business? So if your business is delivering a 20% return, or you've invested in some financial asset that is yielding a 20% return. It means in real terms, you are in the red. You are earning negative returns because inflation has wiped away the purchasing power of that your interest income, of that your dividend that you get from investing in businesses. So you see why inflation has to be brought down but again the beauty of nigeria is this there are a lot of sectors that can give you a return that is in excess of this 26 percent uh, hodl rates that we have cost of borrowing is high monetary policy rate which is the benchmark rate 18 and a half percent crude oil prices good news and bad news Ordinarily, it should be such wonderful news because we export 1.4 million barrels of crude oil every day. So that's the good news. The bad news is that we take those crude oil proceeds and we promptly use it to import petrol into the country. How can a country as blessed as we are still be importing petrol in 2023? But by the grace of God, hopefully we are getting to the end of that particular challenge. One day, hopefully, we pray this thing, uh, refinery Mr. Dangote is doing, hopefully it will come on stream. But we also know there are several other players who are also, some of them are refining today. There are some that are doing 5,000 barrels, 10,000 barrels here and there. There is a plant that is coming up now. I think it has a nameplate capacity of maybe 150 or 200,000 barrels. So it is a matter of time. But in the interim, unfortunately, we are facing significant uh, challenges. Top right-hand corner, not cheering news, unfortunately. Our debt profile has gone through the roof. A few months ago, I think uh, maybe July or August, the CBN told us that we are using 99% of our revenues to service our debt. We have $103 billion in debt. Convert that to Naira at today's exchange rate, you are probably heading towards 90 trillion Naira. Our foreign debt is about 42 billion. Remember what it was during the Obasanjo regime, 1999 to 2007. I think it was in 2003. Our debt profile was about 32 billion. And we were screaming that we were in trouble. And we did this thing. Obasanjo and Okunjo Iwela did a debt swap or a debt buyback or debt forgiveness. I forget what it was called. And $18 billion of our debt was wiped away. And we ended up with $12 billion. But look at where we are today. We are back to 42. Then our domestic debt has gone through the roof. $61 billion worth of domestic debt. My brothers and my sisters, looking at these statistics you it is easy to be depressed but because we know who we serve in spite of it all you know the israelites thrived in egypt so we will also thrive in nigeria 
Christianity will thrive in Nigeria because it is really and truly uh, for people to know their God and to do great and mighty exploits. So the stats may be telling you something, but I assure you on the back of all of these statistics, yeah, are opportunities to the wise and to the discerning. So I really, really want to appreciate the leadership of this fellowship for putting this kind of session together. And Mr. President says this thing will happen on a quarterly basis. It is through knowledge you will have power and you will overcome whatever challenges you are facing. I will not talk about exchange rates because some people will just um, some people will just lose it and say, why is it bad news all over the place? Our foreign reserves dipping also. Our exports uh, outside of crude oil, very little export activity. But it's okay. I think I have depressed you enough. Let us go and start speaking to uh, opportunities. So ladies and gentlemen, we have a new administration in place. The new administration is probably 120 odd days uh, in office. This administration has said, these are my economic drivers. These are the core macroeconomic policies that I want to use or they want to use to transform uh, this thing they call Nigeria. So number one, we focus on the digital economy. So they have put a square peg or a round peg in a round hole uh, with the current minister of the digital economy. Number one, he's young. Number two, he has built uh, a world-renowned digital business, digital platform. I am hoping he will bring to bear that energy, that drive, that innovation to really, really lift up this country. Because there are about, I think the last time I checked, there were probably about four or so Nigerian founded unicorns. A unicorn is a tech company that has a valuation of at least $1 billion. I think there are about three or four out of maybe about six or seven across Africa. So we're doing very well. So for the government to recognize the benefits and the reward and the employment opportunities that can come from the digital economy, because the average Nigerian is, is one of the smartest people I know. I'm sure my brother Tunde is going to speak a lot about this, about some of the great things uh, that even the banking industry, his bank has done uh, alongside uh, Demola in those days uh, in the digital space. Subsidy removal, yes, it has gone somehow. Uh, it's still hanging somewhere because uh, the real prices are not being reflected, even though current prices are squeezing uh, Nigerians, hitting Nigerians very hard. But it had to be done. Uh, we've spent almost $4 trillion in the first half of this year. By the end of the year, if we carried on, we would have done seven, $7.5 easily. And that will put us in bigger trouble than we are already in. So is uh, between we are between a rock and a hard place. Uh, number two, exchange rates. Well, again, good idea. Maybe the implementation could have been better because we are still seeing a divergence. The last time I checked, I think that divergence was in excess of 200 Naira. Uh, but it's a supply problem. And one of the things I will challenge you all this is how do you generate foreign exchange from your business? Which means that your business must have an export tilt. I don't care what your business is. Add a business line that gives you the opportunity to export something. Whether it is intellectual capital you are exporting, i.e. you are based in Nigeria or you are providing services to people all over the world and they are paying you in dollars for it. Or you are part of the people who have jackpot uh, and you are bringing $25 billion back into this economy every year. That is a lot, but we have abundant resources that can we can do a value addition and we can also export for higher yielding uh, returns. 
So this, even as a business person, everybody knows finance 101 says diversify. So if 90% of our FX influence is coming from the sale of one commodity, then it is no surprise that we are in the situation uh, that we're in today. Um, what else do I want to talk about here? Um, power, yes, some things have happened in power. Hopefully we will enter into a new vista. I understand that last week we suffered another uh, national grid collapse. Uh, maybe the second or so in a, in a short period of time. Now that space has been opened up, state governments can have their own regulatory body. They can generate, they can transmit, they can distribute power. They can enter into joint ventures and partnerships with all manner of people. So there is a lot that is happening there. Let me leave this and dive in very, very quickly because I'm running out of time. Okay. I said I will show you some stats and, you know, this is why this conversation we're having is very important. This is why it is very, very important. You know, almost all the businesses in Nigeria going by this yellow bar, uh, this orange whatnot uh, row, almost every business in Nigeria is an SME. So the ones that are not SMEs are in the minority. The SMEs contributed last year 49% to Nigeria's GDP. GDP measures the volume and value of economic activity. It used to be higher than this before, but let's even call it 50%. This tells you the importance and it generates 84% of the employment that we see. So any government that ignores the SMEs, not just in Nigeria, globally, in the UK, I am in now 99.7% SMEs. The US, same, South Africa, same. So you are seeing commonality across Europe, across North America, and even in Africa, South Africa and Nigeria. 52% contribution. This is why we're having this conversation and building capacity for this particular group of people. You are the ones that will transform this nation, the nation's economy and create the employment. So this is the way to go. So we need to talk about how can you do it and how can you do it better? The bottom right-hand corner speaks to the ownership structure. Again, you will see that 73% of the businesses are owned by a sole proprietor. That has its benefits, but it also has its drawbacks, you know, because you don't have a core sounding board. 6% um, are described as partnerships. I would like to see this number expand because inside of partnerships, the rubbing of mines, the iron sharpening the iron, this is where great ideas can be burst and this is where one person can lift up the other when things get rough but the sole proprietor carries all of the business risk if it succeeds wonderful for him or her if it fails uh, unfortunately he or she carries the can and even their personal assets can be used to uh, settle whatever obligations the business has um, has uh, incurred. Uh, this is talking about numbers. I will not speak to the numbers. Okay, maybe I'll bring out one thing. 7.64% of SMEs actually do some level of export. Yeah. But look at the right hand side. I think that's the more critical conversation that we need to have today. The critical challenges SME faces 22%. Um, uh challenges with obtaining financing um smes have challenges with the marketplace yes you have set up a business yes you are producing something yes you are selling something but to who how large is your market year on year is your market growing or shrinking right how do you deal with competition Nowadays, technology has enabled a lot of things. So we need to be able to tap into those advantages. Infrastructure deficit, we know. We know, we know, we know. 
we need to spend a hundred uh, is i can't remember whether it is a hundred million or a hundred billion dollars uh, in the next 10 years or so for us to even have a semblance a semblance of a decent infrastructural base multiply that by three we're talking about uh, uh 300 or something billion uh cash flows i will speak about this in some detail uh, uh number one and number two kind of go together if you add the two together that's 36 percent finance related challenges so that really is the principal factor but in my world as an investment banker it is never about the difficulty in accessing finance it is about the inability of the entrepreneur to position and structure their businesses such that it becomes attractive to financiers. Financiers are uh, careful risk averse people. So they will only risk their capital. They will only risk their depositors funds if they believe that your business, you are running a well-structured business, the value proposition is clear. What problem is your business solving? What needs is your business meeting? How large is the market? How is your company governed? The previous stat I showed you, 73% of SMEs are essentially one man or one woman business. That is part of the difficulty businesses face in accessing finance. Because there is something in finance we call the key person risk. If everything revolves around the individual, what happens if the individual falls sick? What happens if God calls the individual? What happens to the business? And that individual is wondering, why am I not able to get credit facility from my bankers? Why am I not able to get an investor to invest in the equity? So it is important that we build proper businesses. Eh? We build proper businesses. We create uh, viable opportunities. Ah, I'm running out of time. You know, now, next. Um, so I've talked about some of the challenges and so on and so forth. I think I still have one or two challenges along the way. But let me tell us, let's talk about the opportunities. Nigeria is one giant bundle of opportunity. Every sector of the Nigerian economy, we are barely, we have barely scratched the surface. Agriculture and agribusiness. <laughs> uh, Nigeria has, uh, I think it is 970 something thousand square kilometers of land. Most of it, or at least 70% of it, arable. And yet we are importing food. We are importing food. So ladies and gentlemen, those who are playing in this space, you know, one of the things that can help you build a sustainable business is you need knowledge, you need information. The beauty of the age we live in now is that knowledge has become fully democratized. You don't need to travel some distance to go to a library. You don't need to go to the research department of the Central Bank of Nigeria to access information. Now information is literally at your fingertips. So you can become an expert. Education, marketplace, uh, partnerships, all of that can be found through this platform we're talking about, digitalization. Yeah, information technology. Manufacturing, yes. The problems of infrastructure or the lack thereof. <laughs> but behind the problem are the opportunities. You know, when Dangote was in, in, uh, investing in Obajana, when Dangote was investing, building capacity, you know, people kept on wondering, why is this man increasing his production capacity every single day? Boa joint increase. Lafarge is there increasing. How much cement can we consume in Nigeria? Some people thought. 
So Dangote built a road, a papa from a papa tinkan to Bagada, concrete. That road, concrete roads, you see them in the US, 30 years they last. Yes, we are one of the largest producers of bitumen, but it doesn't handle rough weather very well. We have a minister of uh, what you may call works today who is saying the new standard for road construction is cement. So you can start to imagine what will happen to the profitability of those cement companies and indeed their share price. I'm just giving somebody here free expo about what and uh, where to invest in. Uh, technology and innovation. I've spoken about this earlier. I will leave it for today to uh, deal with this a lot more. Energy and power. I have a client, a friend of mine, who wants to build uh, a, a, a factory, set up a, pro a factory that manufactures transmission power transmission towers. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know that we import all of the towers we use? TCN, Transmission Company of Nigeria, imports regularly. So you are now starting to see why we don't have connectivity and why a lot of Nigeria and Nigerians are off the power grid. Opportunity. Everywhere you look, real estate, the housing deficit, ridiculous. There are newer ways, cheaper ways, more efficient ways of building. In the middle of all of these challenges, there I can point to at least 10 companies that are doing fantastically well in this space. Everything has an element of risk, but the way to uh, mitigate those risks is having a value proposition. So I'm probably not telling you anything that you don't already know. But I am challenging you today to become a subject matter expert in whatever it is you choose to do. Build a bankable feasibility study, a bankable uh, business plan. And I assure you, the challenge of accessing finance is really not as bad as we all think. It is when your business is not ready that you will obviously struggle. Oil and gas, I will not say anything about that one. I think we all know that one. Financial services, in the last 10 years, in the last 15 years, I've been privileged enough to uh, work with a lot of young people who were focused on the financial technology space, the fintechs. Those guys have done serious stuff, amazing stuff. Barriers to entry, not high. So you don't need one whatever. You need a good idea. You need partners. If your idea is good, if it is solving a problem, if it is meeting a need, if it is creating a solution, you will find backers, particularly in the tech space. There is a lot of capital outside of Nigeria looking to come into Nigeria. And you see that a few people, some state governments, some private individuals are creating what they call uh, innovation hubs, incubation hubs. Uh, the EDC, uh, Enterprise Development Center, uh, where well, I used to teach, I don't teach anymore, unfortunately, but I sit on the advisory board. We have an innovation center within the campus. It tells you what the future of Nigeria will look like. And that technology is taking over financial services slowly but steadily. Tunde will speak more about this. But you can apply that same concept across everything here value chain <laughs> in the years before before everybody needed to own a car to run a car hire service system and somebody came with this thing they call an uber and somebody came with a bolt if you are traveling in the middle east and in the arab countries you will find a karim same concept they don't own one vehicle so there are ways to extract value even traditional businesses, innovation can disrupt them. Value chain, 
People need raw materials. People need sales outlets. You can play inside of that space. Imagine if you are a supplier to a fast-moving consumer good company. Once the quality of what you are supplying is good, right? Once you have a clear value proposition, do you know that you have an off-taker for life, basically? And that is how a lot of SMEs have been built. I've done my 30 minutes. Recycling, that's the last thing. Recycling. Ah, the amount of waste we generate in Nigeria. Waste to wealth. You see, less than 20 to 30% of the waste we generate is collected. Recycling is a business opportunity waiting for somebody. Waiting for somebody. You are doing a social good and you are making money at it. That's the kind of business God himself will bless. That you are impacting lives and you are making money from impacting lives is the best place to be. Transportation. <laughs> uh, mining. Every state of the Nigerian Federation, every state, the state that doesn't have at all has at least one solid mineral available in commercial quantities. That is the state that is that God has not decided to, to just these uh, anyhow. And it takes you to the Bible, the parable of the talents. Somebody got five, somebody got three, but the least some, anybody got was one. So it is what you do with your one or what you do with your three or what you do with your five. Again, this space is opening up now. There's a lot of private participation that can now be allowed or that is now allowed. Yes, in joint venture, yes, in partnerships with such and such and such. But like I said, the world has opened up. This is the time somebody on this call now should start opening doors and knocking on doors of Eastern Europe, the old Eastern Bloc, ex-Russia. All those Yugoslavia people that broke into Serbia and Montenegro and this one and that one. Those guys have technology. Those guys are not as priced aggressively, you know, as their Western counterparties. And they have serious expertise, industrialization, manufacturing, uh, solid mineral development, even agriculture. Somebody needs to be looking towards the East. Too. The only thing I will see on taxation here, I'm going to leave this. Uh, I have shared my presentation with Mr. President. I'm sure it will be disseminated. But two things to, uh, to, to note as far as taxation is concerned is getting a bit friendlier for SMEs. Yes, we suffer from multiplicity. Federal government will take its own, state government will take its own, local government will take their own, all manner of taxes overlapping. But I think there is some realignment that is going on. The gentleman who's overseeing the uh, tax regime in Nigeria, very, very competent, very, very credible. I, I await, and I'm sure we all await the outcome. But today, today, if you generate less than 25 million naira in annual revenues, you are exempt from corporate income tax. If you generate anywhere from 25 to 100 million naira per annum in turnover or revenues, you will only pay 20% uh, company income tax as opposed to 32% of the larger companies. So there is some uh, friendliness creeping into the tax regime. And I think that the outcome of this uh, committee will also bring some additional benefits to um, uh, to the SMEs. Uh, the challenges, I know, we know them, there are plenty beyond access to finance and so on and so forth. You know, I spoke about inflation being so high. It wipes away or it diminishes significantly purchasing power. Uh, a lot of businesses, because you are not selling, because demand is sluggish, it means that you are not generating cash and you have obligations. So there is a mismatch between your revenues and the expenses that you need to, uh, to, to incur to keep your businesses up and running. Inflation, we've spoken about exchange rate volatility, 
in the unofficial markets, they said that it hit 990 either yesterday or the day before. In the official markets, it was maybe 771. But in the course of a trading day, it went as high as 793. Then it came back to close at 771. So any which way you look at it, it is tough because most of our input machinery plant some raw materials comes from outside so we are importing inflation and we're just complicating things for ourselves but it is okay this is my final slide and i will close on this one so ladies and gentlemen we say that there is a problem with uh, accessing finance i say yes there is a problem but the bigger problem is us not being able to structure our businesses properly even if you are a sole proprietorship, you can institute a governance framework. Separate your personal money from the business money. Have an accountant come in and do financial management. Even if you can retain uh, an accountant on your payroll because you are a small business, outsource the accounting function. Let somebody come once a week to tidy up your books, once a month, twice a month, you know, and have proper financial records right like i said separate personal money from business money have a business plan and year on year work towards it have a budget for your business and your company this is the plan these are the drivers of my revenue these are the risk factors i have identified and this is how i plan to mitigate it those are the things that unlock financing either in the form of debt or in the form of equity or a combination of the two then there are a number of development finance institutions who are offering all manner of uh, what you may call financial, uh, low cost financing, low cost, longer term, you know. So please take do the research, take advantage of that. Uh, partner or collaborate with larger firms. Again, when I was talking about value chain or supply chain, you know, imagine if you are the one supplying, uh, uh, what is it, uh, corn or soya to Nigeria breweries. You know, that's a tidy, cushy business to be in because they will continue uh, to need it and so on and so forth. I will encourage everybody, this session is good, but I will say go and develop capacity you know so find courses either online if you want to go to a classroom uh, faith foundation enterprise development center there are so many of them now you know where you can learn about uh, human resources people management financial management technology operations uh, strategy and so on and so forth nobody can know it all you know so please and it is also an opportunity for you to interact with other people, you know, people in the same space as you in, where you, as you are in, where you can share ideas, then even people in different sectors. Because one of the things I said earlier is every business should be diversified. If you have only one source of income, like Nigeria, you'll be in trouble if the wind shifts. So you must have run a diversified business, have multiple revenue streams. And at least one of those revenue streams must generate foreign exchange. At least one must generate foreign exchange so that you are mitigating against Naira risk. So the person who is earning dollars now is not complaining that dollar is at 771 or 990 somewhere else. That person is not complaining. It is you that needs Naira to buy the dollars that are complaining to diversify your business. Technology, I've spoken about it. Today, we'll speak some more about it. This one, the next one is really talking about marketing. Again, thank God for technology. There is an online marketplace. My wife runs a business. She's an entrepreneur. She's been running her business for 21 years. Today, she has customers all over the world. She has a, 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 a UK, uh, what you might call, marketplace, online marketplace here. She has two actually in this country. Then she has the one in Nigeria. Online sales is doing better than physical store sales. Promotions. This platform allows you to promote your goods and services at minimal cost. Raw material, input prices, just call it input prices, whether it is your machinery or raw materials or whatever it is. Number four, uh, uh, so what do you do? Backward integration. 
backward integration simply means producing what you need to keep your business running. Yeah? Some in some cases, it may not be economical for you to produce it. Then you go and look for a low-cost supplier. But there is a business there if you can solve that backward integration problem. Because guess what? All the other players in your industry are facing the same wahala. So if you solve it, you now be the one that is now the supplier of raw materials to everybody in that space. Uh, financial management, I think I have spoken about. Um, I've told you what to do. You know, you may choose to outsource the function. You may develop some basic financial management skills of your own. Uh, taxation, I've told you about some of the benefits. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for your time. I have tried my level best to keep to time, uh, but I am now open to take any questions or any comments or clarify anything you may want me to. Thank you very much, everybody, and God bless you all. Wow. Thank you so much, Brother Bayo. That was quite insightful. We can't thank you enough. Brothers and sisters, we have just about a window for questions. Um those who are on site online, probably you have a question. Just indicate by a slip of hand up uh, before our brother takes his leave, and then we'll get ready for the second session. Any question in the house? Any question online? And that is raised that please can you come and ask your question? Thank you very much. Um, I'll go straight to my question. So it's all about the um, change in government policies. Can you hear me, sir? Hello? So my question is how, as an entrepreneur, to deal with a change in government policies. So you, you can hear me. Can you hear me now, sir? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me, sir? Okay, so my simple question, thank you for the insightful lecture. My simple question is how to deal with the changes in government policies. So you see an administration for eight years, and then you see another one coming, and then things are like changing, 360. If I wake up today, you mentioned, you gave an example about the cement business, and now you have a minister of um, works talking about the use of cement or the um, building roads with the use of cement. Obviously, the um, inputs that were made, the investment that were made into that business were made 
more than 10 years ago. So the person or the um, businessman is probably going to reap more now from the change in government policy. I may think of a small business now because the government policies are favorable to me. And I go and collect huge amount of money from banks with my partners. And then tomorrow, there's a change in policy. How do I mitigate such risk? And I don't know tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah. I think, I think we can, I think we can collect, take all the uh, questions so that you will just go straight to answer. There is a question online from one brother, Leke Omorua. How do we mitigate risks? I don't know if you can see the question, sir. Okay. Another one from Owojuri Joseph. If we can just take three because of time. In this part of the world, and interestingly, I'll give you examples from other countries also. Inconsist policy inconsistency. Yes, it is prevalent in Nigeria, but number one, it is a global phenomenon. You know, just earlier this week, Rishi Suna, Prime Minister of the UK, applied the brakes on the movement towards net zero. So some entrepreneurs, because the former administration of Boris Johnson said by the year 2030, in seven years time, they will put a stop to the manufacture of motor vehicles that use petrol or diesel. So people invested and people are still investing in setting up electric car manufacturing capabilities in the UK. And suddenly a new prime minister comes, given the current dynamics of cost of living crisis, he has pushed that uh, deadline forward by five years. This is an example of policy inconsistency. But my brother, my advice is this. You know, I, I used certain phrases earlier. What problem? is your business solving? What need is your business meeting? What value is your business creating? My brother, if your business is doing at least two out of the three things I mentioned, that business will be able to withstand policy inconsistency. Number four that I should add to it is you must always have a long-term view. The investments are liquid made in cement it was maybe 15, 20 years ago. It is only today, 20 years after, that there is a potential policy shift that will favor this, uh, that will exponentially increase his sales. But in that intervening period, before this favorable policy came, you know, he was making money because there was a supply gap. So the reality is that every business is susceptible uh, to policy risk or policy inconsistencies. That is why when you are crafting your business plan, one section is, is focused on risk, where you are identifying all the universe of possible things that can go wrong. And you are now saying, if policy shifts, how do I survive? So some people, one of the ways they mitigate that is that they have multi-currency revenues. Another way some other people mitigate that is they go into strategic partnerships with other companies in other countries. Sometimes they even have a small presence or a big presence in another country. 
so that if policy goes crazy in Nigeria, maybe policy is stable in Kenya. So my Kenyan operation is doing well, even though my Nigerian operation has been adversely affected. You know, so these are some of the ways to, that's why I kept on harping on the need to diversify. Diversify your revenue streams. Because if you have only one and adverse policy comes, it can wipe you out completely. You must always diversify. Somebody also spoke about, and I think I've almost answered that with my last response, about I, my, I incur cost in dollars, but my revenues are in Naira. That is a mismatch especially when you are operating in a volatile uh, foreign exchange market. But it is the reality of most businesses. So what it simply means is two things. Number one, you need to be able to pass on if possible. So it depends on what you are selling. You know, uh, it depends on what they are selling, the elasticity of the demand of what you are selling, you know. If it is an essential commodity, then if dollar hits a thousand, you will adjust your prices. Yes, you may lose some customers, but others will remain because it is critical to their own business or to their own well-being. So even in deciding the type of businesses you go into, you want to determine, you want to ask yourself, can this business uh, who who controls? You know, there is something uh, Professor Michael Potter came up with this thing called the five forces. One is buyer power. The other is supplier power and so on and so forth. So you must be able to ask yourself, if my prices go up by 50%, will I still be able to sell anything or will all my customers walk away? So one way is to be doing the business where you can scale up the pricing. The other way, like I said, is the diversification and you start earning some foreign exchange income. So Dangote today is, is exporting. Nigeria breweries, a lot of local com companies in Nigeria. The banks in Nigeria, a lot of the banks that are doing well, a lot of them have presence in other countries of the world. That is part of risk mitigation. And that is also one of the ways they cure some of the foreign exchange uh, challenges that they face. You know, But I, I get the point. A lot of businesses are facing those issues today, but it is, uh, it is our reality. Policy inconsistency is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. These economic headwinds and whirlwinds that we are in today, the global economy is, is hemorrhaging. So a lot of policymakers are having to change policy on the fly. Two years ago, net zero 2050 was the mantra in the UK. Now we are saying net zero, but with our eyes wide open, let's temper this thing small low. We can't put ourselves in trouble. We have a cost of living crisis. So I cannot ask houses to throw away their existing uh, heating apparatus uh, to keep them warm in the winter because it uses uh, fossil fuels. I mean, the technology space working for government, banking, oil and gas, payments are by government in Naira, but they don't pay in less than 45 days, sometimes three months. Okay, so we're talking about how do you manage your cash flows? Now, reality is this. I spoke about buyer power. So you are selling to people for whom the balance of power is tilted in their favor. So they are the ones that dictate. So you render a service today. They tell you, Mr. Man, come back in 60 days to collect your money. Because they are big. You need them more than they need you. Now, typically, you know, you, you have two bankers speaking to you today. So typically what you will do is to bridge that gap of 45 to 60 days. You go to a banker and say, banker, I have this receivable from bank A or oil and gas company B. They will not pay me for the next 60 days, but I need cash today given your track record in doing what you are doing and the quality of the counterparty that is owing you money, they will finance your receivables with cash today. That's one way to do it. Another way is show up equity interest in your business. If you believe that the interest rate, if you borrow from bank is too high and it will wipe away your profits. 
So you can say, you know what, I own this business 90%. Do I need to own it 90%? Why don't I sell a 20% stake? I'm still down to 70, you know, but somebody has invested in the business and has brought cash. You can be using that your own cash to smoothing out the intervals between when the oil and gas companies will settle their obligations to you. So those, those are two different ways uh, you can manage it. Thank you so immensely, Brabayo. Uh, your presentation is quite uh, insightful. Um, we are so, so encouraged. It's not all about uh, the challenges. There are opportunities too. When we hear that our inflation rate is rising up to 26%, and we have about 99 trillion debt, that's enough to give someone depression. But we are grateful that we have a God who can turn things around. It was only one dream that he gave to Joseph that turned the whole economy of Egypt around, and by extension, the world. That same God is still our God. Praise the Lord. We will have... Um,